Welcome to Always Andersonville, the podcast. I'm Laura. And I'm Joelle. Today, we are joined by Brandon Cloyd of Barrel of Monkeys. Barrel of Monkeys is an ensemble of actors and educators who create an alternative learning environment in which students ages 7 through 13 throughout Chicago share their personal voices and celebrate the power of their imaginations. Their current production, That's Weird Grandma, Fantastic Beasts, and the stories about them can be seen Monday nights at 8 p.m. now through August 12th at the Neo Futurist Theater at 5153 North Ashland. Welcome, Brandon. How are you today? I'm fantastic. Thank you for having me. We're so excited to have you down here in Studio C. And we like to start by having you just tell us a little bit about your background and how you got involved in theater or in the industry in general. Absolutely. Um, So I am originally from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, And the reason why I got into theater is actually from my father. He was a a longtime advocate of theater. He attended theater as a child, um, and then eventually with his work uh, doing corporate and community relations, um, he got involved um, on being on a board of directors for a theater. Um, And one of his tasks or duties as a board member was to check in on rehearsals. And I remember, you know, as a kid, I had gone to theater a bunch because my family brought me there. Um, But I was never really sure about, you know, taking that extra step uh, and trying an auditioning for a show. But my dad, you know, kind of encouraged me and, and was like, I think you'd really like it. You have all this energy that we don't know what to do with. Um, and finally, he took me to a rehearsal of Aladdin. Uh, and the actors, uh, who were all adult performers, were so nice and generous. Um, and I remember they were like, hey, who's this kid? Like, let's bring him up and have, have him play these warm-up games with us. Um, and because I'm a little bit competitive, I <laughs> <laughs> fell in love with the warm-up games and then kind of fell in love from theater with there. And, you know, I love that spirit of collaborating and working together and creating art together. And it was fun getting to see the behind the scenes aspects of theater. Um, So that's how I got involved. Um, From there on out, I did theater in middle school, high school. I started teaching uh, theater workshops uh, at the local civic theater, um, where you'd be kind of a summer camp counselor uh, for the theater summer workshops over the summer. Um, And then eventually I went to Northwestern uh, to study both theater and business administration. uh, But I always kind of kept that focus on arts education and working with young people. So I studied storytelling, creative drama, uh, children's theater, um, and then eventually graduated, made my way into the city uh, and, and found Barrel of Monkeys. Yeah. And what brought you to Barrel of Monkeys? Um, an audition, but I, I had known for a while about them um, and was really fascinated in their work. Um, so basically, as soon as I got out of college, I said, I'm auditioning for that group. Um, and I got cast. Uh, so I've been with Barrel of Monkeys since 2007 um, and have operated in many roles since, including being an actor, a teaching artist, uh, uh, running our after-school program. Uh, I've been program director, and I'm now the artistic director. So I get to direct the plays. And you haven't been in this role too long, correct? You just were appointed artistic director? Yeah, this is my second year. Almost done. Yeah. Yeah. It's been fantastic, though. It's been good. <laughs> yeah. And Barrel of Monkeys started in 1997. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the origins of the company itself? Absolutely. Um, so uh, two fantastic women, uh, Helena Kays and Erica Halverson, uh, who also graduated from Northwestern, they worked with a company or a, a student theater group at Northwestern called Griffin's Tale. Um, and Griffin's Tale did similar work where they produced um, uh 
writing of students and young people, um, but they didn't have that educational component. Um, and when they graduated, they said, you know, wouldn't it be fun to continue this work of working with youth, but actually get to, to work with them hands-on in the classroom? Um, and so they created an educational component, and their first uh, uh uh, stab at, at working with students uh, in Chicago was uh, they worked with the Heartland Alliance with a group of Cambodian refugees um, who were really interested in, in bringing arts uh, to the student population. Um, and, you know, they did a fantastic job both working with the students and creating a curriculum that was interesting and taught different styles of creative writing. Um, and, and from there on, 22 years later, here we are. And have, has Barrel of Monkeys always been itinerant? Have you jumped around a little bit? Um, I know we're going to talk about the Neo-Futurist Theater in a bit, but do you know where they started performing initially? Absolutely. So um, the, the the bulk of the work that Barrel of Monkeys done is, does is actually not seen by, by the public. Right. Um, it's first seen by the authors uh, who write the stories. Um, so over the school year, we work with roughly 20 schools and produce about 15 plays um, originally by them and for them. Uh, and so the students get to see their work that they wrote first and foremost. Um, and that's kind of the celebration of uh, our creative writing residencies uh, and of all of their work. Um, so, so beyond the CPS schools that we actually perform in, um, we've been at uh, the Neo Futurist Theater now, I think for 18 years. Um, and uh, and have been loving it. They've been fantastic partners, uh, and we've really kind of built our home here in Andersonville. We are also um, uh, moving ahead, looking into the future, looking for uh, a theater space uh, on the south side where we can uh, uh, raise another That's Weird Grandma mm -hmm. so that we can kind of be in two locations and that we're accessible to um, all of our student populations. Um, because we do pop around all over the city. We're on the south side, west side, north side, sometimes even out in the suburbs. About how many schools are you in? We are in approximately, I think, 20 schools a year. So you offer both in-school and after-school programs, and you focus on storytelling, theater, and social-emotional skills. Um, are there any differences between the after-school and in-school programs? Um, yeah. So uh, I think they reflect each other uh, a lot. Uh, the only difference is that, you know, after school students are often the, the students who opt to be there. Um, so with our after school program, you know, we try to think about what are the things that they like and the different kinds of writing styles. Whereas in our uh, in school program, uh, we stick to a pretty uh, tight curriculum. Um, it's a six week curriculum where we uh, start with the basics of storytelling. Uh, character setting, beginning, middle, end title is kind of the first day basics. Uh, and then we move on to write fictional stories based off of pictures. Um, we do true stories of personal narratives from students. We also write uh, dialogues, persuasive arguments, uh, and stories with figurative language. I was just going to ask, are you a semester-based kind of thing? And then what schools are you in um, on the north side here? Perfect. Um, so we work with schools for about six weeks total, and it's about 90 minutes per classroom. Generally, we work in about three or four classrooms per school um, for 90 minutes once a week. Um, each of the 90-minute sessions represents uh, a different aspect of our curriculum. You asked another question, and then I forgot. Oh, about um, what schools you are in on the north side here, oh, like yes. what neighbor, neighboring schools here around Andersonville. Can Absolutely. Um, so we work with... Uh, the Loyola Park After School Program, uh, which is up in Rogers Park, 
Um, we have been with the Pier Helen Pierce International School, which is right here in Andersonville, uh, for the past three years. Um, and recently, we've picked up a school partner of uh, McPherson Elementary, which is right in Ravenswood. I'm right by McPherson. So oh. all the um, kids are walking to school. I'm walking my dogs. Fantastic. Like, hey, guys. Oh, my yeah. goodness. I love yeah. that school and that culture. I actually mm -hmm. got to teach there. Um, and the students are really funny and really smart. And a couple of us actually went to go see their production of Shrek. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, because they were just so yeah. into it. And actually, one of the teachers, um, was, Mr. Breen, was directing. Uh, and he had Barrel of Monkeys in his classroom. And his students were just like, oh, my goodness, you have to come see it. Shrek is so much fun. Um, and it was a blast. And actually, I was like, oh, they did a good job directing this. I'm going to steal a couple of these little tricks that they put into their play. That's so much more advanced than like the school plays I was doing in elementary school. Oh yeah. I don't know. I mean, I I I wrote a play in like third grade that was about like killing giant ants. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like ours weren't like structural plays at that point. It was just like you're gonna perform this song, and then you're gonna do this. <laughs> you know, like it's so much. It's so much better though when when kids can get invested right, into exactly. the work when they can yeah. see what the words that they write and see them performed and. and and did you perform the giant the play with giant ants? I did. <laughs> with I, all of your friends? It was it was my third grade class. And so it was myself as one of like the one of the lead like ant extinguishers. Yes. And like I had a partner and we went around and we we killed kind all of like the Ghostbusters. Kind of for like ants. It was kind of like Ghostbusters for, ghost for ants. It well, really and, was. And actually yeah. that's what we do is we uh, glom onto an idea that a student writes and we say, Oh, how can we relate to that? Or what does that, you know, what does that inspire in us? And so so then maybe we'll be also inspired by Ghostbusters and have that theme going as we're doing this huge like ant search extinguish. Uh, yeah. So that, I mean, that does kind of segue into this question. So these students write these stories and you kind of help talk them through that process. How does it then become a script for the Barrel of Monkeys ensemble and what does that process look like? Absolutely. So um, some of our students, we do teach them dialogue, so we teach them uh, how to write a script. And whenever we do that, we always want to try and honor their stories, you know, practically word for word for word, um, and get every beat and moment. And so we teach them how to write emotions and actions in the parentheses and how to, you know, still create a conflict within the dialogue. So, so those ones are pretty easy because the students do all the work for us, and we just have to, like, really commit to the characters that they created and kind of go for it. Um, we have one story that we're working on right now called that's called um, I Need to Use the Bathroom. And it's the two characters are the floor of a swimming pool and the water. Uh, and and um, the, the tile floor has to go to the bathroom and the water doesn't know what to do, but the tile floor can't go anywhere. So, oops. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and so uh, we just added some ribbon dancing and some Enya. Um, and, and we perform the lines <laughs> as is. <laughs> um, I, I used to love Enya. Uh, I Ribbon still love Enya. Too. Ribbon dancing too. Um, but, but beyond that, when we get a narrative from a student, you know, our goal is to always highlight every single moment that they put in their story and say, how can we represent that on stage? Um, and we really want to honor the author's work and, and try to discover what their intent is. Um, so oftentimes the actors use improv um, to create the scenes. Something else that's really important is, is that we, our teachers are our actors, um, 
and, and, and vice versa. We have our teaching artists go into the room and work with the students so that they can then, when we're in the rehearsal room advocating for their plays to be produced, you know, think, oh yeah, you know, Jalitza really liked this dark horror mystery. How do we lean into that and how do we advocate for her? Mm-hmm. So oftentimes our, our, our teachers who taught there are often advocating for the students and, and, and you know, how to put a style to their stories. Yeah. Well, we have a script here that Joelle and I are going to read. Do you want to um, set this up a little bit, say who our characters are? Yes. So this is one of my favorite stories, so I'm glad you picked it. Um, The the setting is inside of a monster's belly, um, and the two characters are a prince, like a Prince Charming, and Prince the Singer. And it was actually written only uh, a few weeks before Prince passed away. Um, and, and we found it in rehearsal, adapted it, and, and performed it. Uh, and it was very emotional, but also very beautiful and hilarious and kind of a nice homage uh, to one of my favorite singers. And uh, Laura is going to be playing Prince the Singer, and I will be reading for Prince. The Prince. <laughs> Ready? How did we get trapped in the monster? Because my concert is in the monster's belly, and it's sold out. How do you control the monster? Every time I sing, I can make the monster do what I want. How many people can fit in the monster? 15 people, but we're going to stuff in 25. It's going to be crowded. No, that will not work. It'll be too many people and the monster might get hurt. Okay, okay, you're a party pooper, but you're right. 15 people will be fine. Okie dokie. No, you lied about the 25 people being too crowded. Help! 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 <laughs> I win. Help! <laughs> Beautiful. I'm like, wait, that's me again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was fun. That was fantastic. I love getting to hear it uh, read in a new way. Right? <laughs> yeah. You never know. You yes. should come audition for Battle of Monkeys. <laughs> I just love uh, being in the audience too. And seeing some of the kids come up to the Monday night shows, which is a lot of fun. But we can talk about that in a minute. But, but the stories are fantastic. Right. Like if you just just go and read your website yes. and, and read them all. And um, and and you have a podcast now, too, yes. um, that I noticed. You want to talk to a little bit about that? Well, the, the, the stories in the students are really fantastic. And, and I think what's super interesting is, is um, I think in a in a quick look at Barrel of Monkeys, you could think, oh, it's a kids say the darndest things moment. Um, and for us, it's it's not that at all. It's that the students are really intentional and really smart and, and that we're working with them on getting their ideas onto the page and then how do we celebrate those ideas. Um, so uh, one of the ways that we've started to celebrate ideas is, is thinking about other ways to produce work um, beyond the public shows. And, and that's where our podcast came in. So so we've been filming a few podcasts over the years um, just as another way to like highlight the stories and to put them out there in the world and, and, and to share the work and, and to go beyond the kids say the darndest things, but to to create adult allies for the students and saying, wow, students are really smart and they have similar experiences and similar senses of humor and they have emotional baggage just like me um, and they can be vulnerable and hilarious and poignant and, and brilliant all in, all in the same show. And what can you tell us about the current production of That's Weird Grandma, um, Fantastic Beasts and 
what is the full title? And the, s- and the stories Beast. about them. Fantastic Beasts and the stories about them. Yes. So clearly that has a theme, yes. right? Well, we riffed on Harry Potter a little bit with that. Yeah. Uh, and, and our goal was to like pull together like a bunch of like these beastly creature stories. Um, so we have a lot of that. Harry Potter does make an appearance in the show and is trying to get everyone to unite with him on Wizards Unite. Um, but some of the beasts that you'll see are Gobby, who's this goblin who... Uh, works at a circus in 1855, um, but eventually he finds his way to Navy Pier <laughs> and gets Great. hired there. Uh, they hire anybody. <laughs> <laughs> we even make a joke that it's actors right out of college. Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, we also have, uh, I referenced uh, Julitza from uh, McPherson Elementary. She wrote a very spooky story about a ghost and about a couple orphan girls who dig up a grave where they shouldn't be digging and, and uh, something terrible happens. But, uh, you know, I love that it gets a little bit dark and spooky, but all with this lighthearted sense of of comedy. Um, and one other really fun story that we have going on in the show, and it actually comes to us from Helen Pierce International School right down the street, is um, a couple years ago, a student named Ellen wrote a story about an evil devil printer. Oh, which... nice. <laughs> we all have been there. Yep. Yes, we have. And actually, it was funny. I was in the office, and the printer went crazy berserk, and I was reminded of that story, and that's what encouraged me to put it in. Um, uh, but she personifies using a printer in such a fascinating, interesting way that I was like, oh, that's a beast that's going into this show. And about how many stories are incorporated into this production? We have about 18 student-written stories from all over the city. And when folks who haven't been to one of your productions, like what, what can they expect when they walk in the door at the Neo Futurist Theater and like get to meet all of you in a sense? And um, again, like I said, some of the kids have come up, I've noticed, for productions, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I I think what people can expect is to be a little bit surprised. I think that we are not your traditional children's theater company. You know, we we play to the adult sensibility in the child. Um, So all ages are welcome and and we don't discriminate or, or think otherwise. But I think adults are uniquely surprised at how much of a fun time they have when they come to That's Weird Grandma. Um, because it's absolutely hilarious. And then we get you with a little poignant piece. And then we get you to laugh again at the end. And about how many kind of productions of these do you have throughout the year? Um, we have roughly seven public shows throughout the year and then about uh, 15 in-school performances. So we are nonstop creating theater after theater after theater after theater. And if folks want to come check out That's Weird Grandma, um, Fantastic Beasts and the Stories About Them, how long is that running currently? Uh, Fantastic Beasts and the Stories About Them runs up until August 12th. All right. So we pulled from the website some information about you that you had written. I wanted to see if it's still held true. <laughs> this so. is No, this is information that I, I think I submitted back in Right. That's what I'm wondering. Was this 2007, Brandon? Yes. Okay. So, well, let, let's see, though. I'm, okay. I'm, so what is your favorite food currently in 2019? Favorite food? Ooh, maybe a churro or some sort of donut. Okay. This was in... in 2007 you were a tiramisu fan oh well that's true i'm still a tiramisu fan i would uh, yes (laughs) donuts and tiramisu i feel like donuts though you can maybe get more every day and then tiramisu is like special occasion yes 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 i mean i don't know maybe maybe yeah i feel like it's a harder it's a harder dessert to find i will say i did just have a donut right before coming here too (laughs) 
Um, do you have a, a different? So in 2007, your superpower, you wanted super baking power. Have you achieved super baking power or do you have a new superhero? It's so funny because uh, <laughs> my boyfriend will say that I have not achieved super baking power. Um, uh, uh, although he is challenging me to make lots of different things like delicious. Maybe we change it. Cakes. We like put a D in there and super baking powder. Yes, <laughs> right. Well, I used to just stick to like cookies and, and like the typical things, but I've been branching out a little bit. So I, I think I have improved. Okay, what about an animal that describes your acting style? You have happy puppy or annoyed chimpanzee. And if you if they're still the same, would you please act out happy puppy and or annoyed chimpanzee? Yeah, my happy puppy character is often like this and it gets really excited. I'm just like so into everything that I even say and I'm just like, hey, wah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yep. I could uh, kind of see how that might go in the direction of Angry Chimpanzee, though. Well, too. Angry Chimpanzee gets a little bit more like, hey, what do you think is going on right here? <laughs> oh, darn it. We should have been videoing that all for... <laughs> I'm just it's, it's a good visual, but yeah. you'll have to come to the play. Although I'm not in it, but we have some fabulous performers. Um, I really like this. You wrote your favorite line from a story written for Barrel of Monkeys is because bad things happen when men lie to their wives. Yes. What was that? The context of that story. So that was a story that I just read in a classroom and we didn't we didn't ever end up adapting it. Um, but it was basically about a guy who uh, lied to his wife and said, oh, I have to go to the good grocery store to get something. And then he ended up flying halfway around the world in some extravagant scheme Um uh, but he got his comeuppance because the plane crashed uh, and he was trapped in the middle of the woods and had to set up office right there and lived there for telling this lie about going to this farther away grocery store. Um, and the line at the end was, uh, because bad things happen when men lie to their wives. Wow, that is a poignant story. <laughs> <laughs> it's karma a little yeah, bit, right? A little bit of karma, yes. So ghost, kitty, robot, or muffin? I'm not... I want to understand how this question came about, if you know. It just was on there. I have no idea, yeah. I think, you, you know, Barrel of Monkeys is full of a lot of lore and history and just funny random moments. Um, so I don't know the origin of that question. Okay, but you said my cat talks to ghosts. Do you, are, do you have a cat? Uh, I, I now am a puppy owner. Okay. Uh, but my cat did used to talk to ghosts. Uh, he would just, like, suddenly go up and see something and start scratching at the walls. So... What about you, Madison? I like to throw our guests. <laughs> we have our intern Interns for the summer, in. Madison. Yeah, so I guess we could just make Madison do favorite food and superpower. I don't like ghost kitty, or robot, salad. or muffin. Yeah. I love that. Ghost kitty, robot, or muffin? Yeah, let's yeah, see that one. Pick? I'd probably have to go with muffin because they are delicious. Ooh. And if I had to go out, muffin would be a good way to go, I think. Can I ask <laughs> a typo muffin? Um, probably like a cinnamon one with like the crunchy like cinnamon stuff oh, on it. Yeah, that. coffee cake, a little crumble. Yeah, mm-hmm. fan of churros and donuts here. I'm right with you. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You picked the right side of the table. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about superpower? That's so hard. Um, uh, my child ch- gave me t- a choice of two: um, either flying or invisibility. Would you choose flying or invisibility? Just to narrow, because I know there's a lot of powers to choose from. So I probably go with invisibility. So when a social situation got too overwhelming, just like oh. <laughs> escape, <laughs> bye. Yeah. That's a yeah. good one. Uh, I like that reason. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> funny. You're like, where did where did Madison go? <laughs> I swear so, like, she was just corner. over there by the. 
vegetable tray. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't know. We uh, see a carrot just like <laughs> floating. Uh, all right. Um, well, Brandon, I think we're at the point yeah. in our episode where we like to ask our guests if they could switch places with an Andersonville business for a day, who you would pick and why and what would you do there? Well, uh, can I pick the school? Can I pick Helen Pierce as yeah. my business? I would. I mean, one, I already kind of get to work there. But two, to be there full time, they have this beautiful, glorious dance studio on the second floor that I've just been eyeballing. If you know anything about me, I dance around my living room and I'm in front of mirrors and I'm like, that's where I'm creating my character. So um, and the just the students and the culture there is so fun. And it's 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 just this open, freeing support supporting you know community of students so i would pick helen pierce international school i like that we'll have to tell theo dinges to be on the lookout for (laughs) barrel of monkeys at pierce that's right absolutely well thank you so much brandon for joining us today and thank you for listening to always andersonville the podcast for more information about barrel of monkeys please visit barrel of monkeys.org show notes on today's episode can be found at andersonville.org Always Andersonville, the podcast, is produced by the Andersonville Chamber of Commerce. Find episodes streaming weekly on iTunes and Podbean with show notes available at andersonville.org. This episode is brought to you by new locally owned and operated Pearl Vision on Clark and Lawrence. Schedule an eye exam today with their qualified team to ensure you're seeing your best and shop their large assortment of designer frames. Get started by visiting their website shortlink at bit.ly, that's B-I-T dot L-Y backslash Pearl Vision Andersonville or call 773-897-0800.